This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And yes, welcome to The Glow Show on Joy 94.9. I got that right finally. Um, I'm Will and I'm joined by my usual guest, not guest, my usual co-host. Your usual suspect. My usual, my partner in crime. That's me. Doesn't sound right for the show, partner in crime, does it? No. Gabby, how have you been this week? I'm I'm not a partner in crime, I'm good. You are good. Don't ask me about my weekend, you always do. I know, well, it's Monday, it's it's a natural thing to do on a Monday. I don't know. (laughs) I like my privacy, remember? True, true. I talk about some things. I can never remember what I've done on the weekend, so... I can't believe it's only Monday. I know. What's happened to the day? We're getting through it. So far away is Friday. (laughs) But I'm working on Saturday anyway, so whatever. Now, tonight we have a a very special show. Who are you going to introduce me to tonight? Constable Kelly McPhee, who's from St Kilda Police, and also one of our fabulous glows. Right. And also Stacey from the VPC, because I I get really confused when I think of VPC. I always think of the Victoria Police Centre, because that's what I've grown up with. Victoria Pride Centre. That new lovely building that's getting built in that St Kilda. It will be built. I can't wait. Soon. I know very little about this actually, so it's going to be interesting to talk about it tonight. Good. Well, we want to educate everybody. Yeah. Now, um, Stacey and Kelly, welcome to the show. Well, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Now, um, well, we'll start with you, Kelly. Uh, Fabulous. We, we, we'd love to get to know about um, the police and where you began and what inspired you to join the police force? So what's uh, the Kelly McPhee story? Oh, my goodness. How many? How much time do we have? <laughs> it's a long time between me and getting to the police. <laughs> my past life from uh, prior to police was uh, corporate. So I've done a full 360 wow. jump across to uh, policing. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, uh, I have a compliance and legal background in uh, financial services. Anytime and I want some paperwork done or some forms filled out, I go to Kelly. Wow. Believe it or not, it's not what I really love about the policing <laughs> side of the job, but yes. And prior to that, Telstra, very, back in the day, telecom. So that gives you Whoa. a bit of a hint about my, uh, yeah, 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 where I fit <laughs> in that kind of bracket. You know, when I started ticking that 45 to 50, it gets a bit scary. But that's where I mean that that. That bracket, but um, and here I am. You're not alone there here, so. (laughs) Well, you know, when you join the police force and then all of a sudden there I was, I was the oldest in my squad and I thought, oh, this is a bit tricky. This is tricky. when you went to the academy, where where did you... where, where did your I first, fit? Where was your first posting? <laughs> Actually, it was at Malvern. Okay. Malvern Police Station. Yep. Fantastic. Thought it was going to be sleepy old hollow Malvern, but no, that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Not at all. So out at Malvern, lots of stuff, lots of visits out towards a Chadston shopping centre. But um, imagine. Yeah. The time I joined, it was um, there was a lot of issues going on with the carjacking around that time. So it was, it was scary times for the people of Malvern and Armadale. How long have you been in for? About three years now. Just a baby. Just a baby. I'm just a wee one, but third year apprentice. Fresh face. Yeah, I know. Look at me go. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Stacey from the Victoria Pride Centre. 
Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so um, I've been fortunate enough to be with the Pride Centre since January of this year. Mm-hmm. I'm the coordinator, so I work very closely with our board and very small but dedicated staff and volunteer team. And um, we're actually at this point in the year at a very exciting stage in developing the centre. Uh, we have, through a lot of community consultation um, and a lot of time and energy invested by our design team, we're at about 80% complete with the design of the building. That's both external and internal. And that gets us very, very close to going out for a construction tender. So we are really imminently close to being able to recruit a construction company and keep on the timeline that we've set for ourselves of hopefully breaking ground early in the new year. Just uh, Phyllis, how did this Pride Centre come about? What was some of the initial drives or thinking behind having oh, it? Because it's been in the works for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Government's I mean, been talking about it for many years. Yeah, absolutely. So um, back in uh, 2016, that's when the uh, Pride Centre was established as a not-for-profit. Uh, the state government have been the kind of founding funders. They've put in $15 million as a initial investment. Uh, and then the board was recruited shortly afterwards to be able to drive all of this forward. So as I say, it's a very, very small team, but a very committed group of people that really want to make sure that we, as a community, have a safe and inclusive and celebratory home, which I think is, you know, well overdue at this point. That sounds fantastic. So what sort of size is this building going to be? <laughs> I mean, can you can you give us an indication of it's clearly not going to be you know, a, a house, four bedrooms and a kitchen or anything like that? It's not going to be at a, all, no. a, a serious centre supporting our community yeah absolutely i mean if anyone's actually seen the designs it is i think a stunning building Mm -hmm. we've got two local st kilda architects they've done an incredible job in what's going to be an absolutely iconic building i think that's one of the things that's so exciting for me is that this is a first of its kind multi-purpose multi-function fit for purpose for our community it's the whole reason for being is to make sure that we have a community center that we can be very very proud of um, and it is totally meets the needs of our very diverse community. Excellent. Now, is there any timeline of when we're going to start construction? Obviously, you mentioned that we're going to tender very shortly yep. or we're in that process. We're in that process, yeah. Excellent. We're very close to that. So we are hoping that the we will begin breaking ground or at least the demolition of the current site on Fitzroy Street will start at some point early in the new year. Wow. Yep. And that should, because of the way the building is constructed and pulled together, we should be walking through those front doors no later than December 2020. Tremendous. And it's a number of stories. It is a number of stories. So there's a basement car park and then there's levels one through three and a rooftop terrace. So it's a... And community organisations. The point is to have them all in one place, easy access for the community. Yeah. So is this the first um, kind of building like this, an all-purpose building where all the organisations are together in the country? Yes, certainly in Australia, yeah. There are similar projects that exist in the States, but this is an Australian first. I know there's – I think there's one in D.C., yeah, um, the main one. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but there's also one in San Francisco, which I visited, and it draws so many tourists. Yep. People from our community from all over the world go to these locations. So when it opens in St Kilda, it's going to be an amazing draw card. Absolutely. I mean, our hope is that it's going to be a mixture of resident organisations that will currently, you know, permanently be housed there, smaller community groups and organisations running different groups and choir practices and general meetings. But then we're going to have general public and community allies and tourists coming in just to see what an amazing space this is. And to start the excitement, not too long ago, we had the opening of the Rainbow Road. Yeah, absolutely. 
That was yeah. very much a lot of fun, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Jackson Street was just a buzz. There was people everywhere. So it's on the corner of Fitzroy Street and Jackson, Jackson Street yes. and the Rainbow Roads in Jackson Street mm. and Kelly and myself and a number of other people and, and Stacey, of course, you were there. Um, senior police were there and a number of, um, I think, the Mayor of St Kilda. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we launched that a month or so ago. Yep. It was incredible. And if you haven't been down to St Kilda and seen that road, go down there and take some photos. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. fantastic. It's a permanent fixture down yep. there. You often see people down there taking photos and trying to do the, the whole Beatles walk across yeah. the road. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's well, it's funny you say that. Yeah. We literally just um, put out our first online newsletter and we've got members of the board and staff team yeah. crossing it very much Abbey Road style and very much. and the, the just the feet segment of that photo I uh-huh. think will be the header for all future yeah, newsletters that come we, out of we the so got to do that we're, yeah. We're, yeah, it's good yeah. it's fun the glow show has to go down there and do that but I, I was saying before we went on air earlier um this evening when people forget how to walk yes if they're taking a photo <laughs> walking across the road and we forget what we do every day of our life to take a photo of us walking well, so we'll have to, to practice that. In that you know that that motion with your feet and all together to get that look that, it's that abbey road look you're going yeah. for That's i think why. we'll if we get a photo down there we're going to have to practice our walking oh yeah uh, we need Perfect a choreographer for sure. Definitely. <laughs> I think we might come down with a police vehicle and uh, yes. maybe we'll film that. We'll get the lights and sirens going and we'll film. And let's see how easy it is for you both to walk. <laughs> God, I struggle. Challenge with, accepted. I struggle the best of times. Um, now, you mentioned that, and, and this is sensational about the Victorian Pride Centre, uh, the fact that you're going to have facilities there for major advocacy groups or and community organisations uh, that support the LGBTI community. Uh, is there going to be some also some facilities there for individuals where they can go and maybe get HIV testing or medical advice, counselling? So you, is it yeah. all going to be one-stop shop? For, yeah. For- so, I mean, at the moment we've been over the course of, well, this year and beyond, we've been in conversations with nine of the largest um, LGBTIQ organisations that reside in Melbourne. So the hope is that they will all be permanently housed there, including a health and wellness centre, including potentially, you know, Joy FM, we're hoping, will be a prospective resident organisation. Switchboard have been in conversations with us, Minus 18 for Youth Groups, the Archives. So there's going to be a really good mix of, you know, real support services that the community needs, but also ways of, you know, recognising and celebrating our history and also just having really fun and engaging events. Uh, So very, very small community groups can also use facilities and individuals who you know, if you find that you don't have a permanent desk space and want to come and sit in a lovely environment with your community to do a few hours work, there'll be co-working spaces that you can just sit and grab a coffee from the coffee shop and, and work at the Pride Centre. Well, I'm sold. Coffee shop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw your face light up then. You sat oh, up yeah. straight. <laughs> yeah, the good caffeine. No, that, will be, that will be certainly built into the lease agreement yeah, with our, the whoever tender for does that, the coffee. I want to do a, a try of that Absolutely. because I'm very snobbish with my coffee. Oh, yeah. I actually yeah. want to be on the tender committee for okay. the coffee yeah. shop yeah. for sure. Okay, we'll need some community <laughs> engagement around caffeine. Oh, yeah. oh definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely give you some advice. Yeah. And, and um, St Kilda Police and myself have been working with you, looking at security and making sure the building before it's started construction is safe and ways for people to enter where if they're going upstairs to some of the facilities and yeah, they may not absolutely. want to do it in private, there sure. are ways for them to get up to the medical facilities yeah. and the healthcare facilities. Yeah, so it's been built in very much from the design right from the beginning uh, and through ongoing community consultation 
the kind of the entry point, the main entrance on Fitzroy Street is quite a big elaborate entryway, but there'll be a very discreet entryway for, as you say, anyone who just has whatever, for whatever reason, is apprehensive about entering the building or because they want to go to a counselling session or something, they can enter and exit the building more discreetly. One of the questions I I like to ask when um, organisations are building a facility like this is vision for growth. Uh, is there plans? I mean, we, we, have we got definite plans in the future for growth, or are we designing the building in such a way where we can grow the building? And I think that's very important because you can. It may take decades, but decades roll very quickly nowadays. Mm-hmm. And um, as you get older, as, certainly as you get older, <laughs> but things outgrow themselves very, very yeah, quickly. Sure. So, is there plans for? Being yeah, able to I extend. mean, the, the the design of the building is very much to use the most efficient use of space. And that's everything from the kind of public co-working areas right to, you know, those organizations that will um, have dedicated um, operating space. Uh, but there are at least 20 percent of the building will also be commercially lettable. So that helps in some way with the sustainability of the Pride Center. It helps generate income. Um, but also the the spaces that are allocated to the community. There's there's meeting room spaces and office spaces that can adapt and change with time as those organisations you know, shrink or expand. Um, and even though each organisation has its own office space or dedicated space, they can access a lot of meeting room and co-working facilities when even on an annual basis they need more room to bring volunteers in to be able to operate. So the building itself can change with the needs of the community and, and the organisations that are serving the community. Forgive my naivety, but um, does Sydney or Queensland or the other states have anything similar to the Victorian Pride Centre? No. So do you envision this could become a national Pride Centre? Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely it's the Victorian Pride Centre. That is... You know, First the, and foremost. The, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, where, where we're launching from, yeah. Yeah, but... It sounds like it could evolve really into a national... We really hope it could, you know, help springboard other states to develop something similar or, or just get visitors from our community from all over the country coming to visit. And we often... Well, we have a rivalry, Melbourne and Sydney, so I've I I've noticed Im- that, yeah, having lived here for about a year at this point. It's, Im- you know. Yeah, I imagine Sydney's aware we're doing this and we'll be quickly getting into it and saying, we yeah. need to get one in bigger and better. No, yeah. we'll no, have the best Not one. happening. <laughs> You're on The Glow Show. Uh, more coming up. Uh, stay tuned on Joy 94.9. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. And you're back with The Glow Show with Will and Gabby. We've been talking to Stacey from the Victoria Pride Centre and uh, Constable Kelly McPhee, who's one of our Glows from St Kilda. So we've been having a chat about the Pride Centre opening in 2020 and what the function of that centre is. And we've also been talking to Kelly about the involvement of um, Victoria Police in St Kilda, given that the Pride Centre is going to be in St, is, is in St Kilda. And Kelly um, has come on board. as She's only been in the job with Victoria Police for about three years and is a Glow, which is fantastic. And um, I just want to know, how recently have you become a Glow? What made you decide, decide to become a Glow? And how many Glows are there in St Kilda? Just one question at a time. Wow, where do I start with that? (laughs) Let me just chip it back a little bit. Okay, been in St Kilda, yeah, about three years. Uh, Without a doubt, the Pride Centre is going to be massive in St Kilda. We're super excited about the Pride Centre coming to St Kilda. We were really pleased when we heard that St Kilda was the place chosen for the Pride Centre. I'll try and mash all the questions together. 
At St Kilda, we originally only ever had one GLOW and we had a a sergeant who has been the only GLOW in St Kilda but envisaged and and had that foresight once we had the Pride Centre was announced to start building and and knowing that we're going to actually need extra GLOWs on site. So we've gone from having that one person who pretty much managed everything to there's seven of us um, at St Kilda now. Obviously, we're a 24-hour station. But that means that there's someone generally always available for both our internal stakeholders and our external stakeholders. So the GLOWs are not just for external um, parties. They're actually there for internal employees as well. So the connections, it's exciting. It's exciting for us too. How that's going to work, I think we're all still working through that. Mm. You hit the nail on the head, Gabby. Being in St Kilda doesn't necessarily mean it's going to fall within St Kilda's remit at this point in time. We're still in discussions with people like Stacey. How do we fit in as a police force to help support that? But not only that, we don't want to be the greedy glows. There's glows across (laughs) Victoria that are going to want to get on board. This is an exciting time. So can't all just be St Kilda glows going, we'll be down there all the time. That's probably not how. Drinking that fabulous coffee. (laughs) Drinking the coffee that has been checked out by these two fabulous people. And we're envisioning that people are going to be travelling not only from within Victoria all across the state, but um, nationally and internationally. So it can't just fall to St Kilda Police to manage any incident that might happen or any report that someone wants to no, make. No, that's right. And, you know, people wherever they are coming from, when they go and we envisage maybe these some of the discussions that we've been having, they might be going to um, the Pride Centre and be having that discussion. There might be a police member there that happens to be a St Kilda member, but it might have happened somewhere near their hometown where that, that area is better suited to help deal with that crime or that incident and whatever has taken place your St Kilda member might not have those resources or even that local knowledge to be able to help investigate that kind of issue. So there's still a number of things for us to work through, I guess, both from a a police organisation and with um, the board to sort out how that's actually going to work going forward. But we're all on board. We're excited. Mm. It's exciting times. Probably a difficult question, and I'm going to ask you both this, Mm. is how would you like to see each other work together? So the police force and the Pride Centre work together. Would you like a, um, not necessarily an office, but a permanent presence in the Victorian Pride Centre? Would you like the Victorian Police to have a permanent presence within the facility? So if uh, I was to walk in, I could easily go up to a, a police officer and discuss an issue or a problem or just say g'day, anything in between. Is that something you envisage? Is that some, one of your wishes? I mean, certainly from my perspective, I feel, I mean, I've had a, a somewhat similar role when I worked back in London mm-hmm. um, and within the community for all sorts of reasons. We're obviously a very diverse community with very different lived experiences. And there are people who are um, quite anxious sometimes being around uniformed police officers. That's just the nature of you know, their experiences. Um, And what has happened, what had happened in that previous role was setting up community information events and community safety events that brought police officers together with those people that were very anxious and cautious and, you know, there was a trust gap that needed to be narrowed. But getting to know individual officers, I think, bridges that gap very, very quickly. It's very different than seeing the police force, but you find your local glow so you meet Kelly and you meet Gabby and you get to know the individuals I think it makes that whole process if you do actually find yourself needing to report something or getting some police support it makes that process that much easier and more streamlined so I think doing something similar having kind of community safety events or Mm. information days or where people can choose to come or not 
it just helps break down some of those potential barriers that clearly are felt still within mm. our community. There must be a mm. tremendous amount of other ways that we could work together, but I think that initially yeah. would be a very positive step. Because we don't, we certainly aren't able to have a permanent presence in the loca- in the building, but we also know, as you said, that there are a number of people who have had bad experiences with police or are anxious around police or just don't like us <laughs> for various reasons, whether that that's right or wrong. And so we don't want to prevent anyone coming into what should be a very safe space mm-hmm. for everybody, having them think the police are always going to be there. So there's yeah, been there's lots a of conversations. There's, there's definitely yeah. a balance to be found there, I think. But so ma- yeah. yeah, making sure that we have events that people are aware of beforehand. So if Absolutely. they want to come or if they want to avoid that, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. And it could even just be, you know, contacting, you know, having a list of those glows that are available that if people do want to call or speak or yeah. and we can have an up-to-date list of who are those people in each of their areas. So I think it is difficult. A perfect utopia would be to have someone available, but then, but then you do come up against, yeah, you're right, there's people that just don't like police mm. for whatever reason. They, and if you're coming in, you see somebody there in blue and it maybe creates that barrier for a centre that's supposed to be something that's supposed to be exciting for them yep. to be able to go into and they feel safe yep. and then we're there. So I think it's going to be a little bit of, um, you know, we've talked about a couple of things, whether it was, you know, you had plainclothes members there, but then, you know, we've got a, a risk issue from a police perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm there and I don't have any equipment on me, so therefore I can't fully support the community at that same time. So I think as we start getting closer to and we're having more and more of those discussions about how can we actually make that work, is it that we do have those up-to-date lists of your glows in yep. your area? Because if people are, are visiting from different places, maybe they aren't familiar with who is their contacts in their local yeah, area. Yeah, and, you know, the Pride Centre will have, you know, you don't have to enter the Pride Centre and go to the reception concierge space no, every fine. time, but should you be seeking information, there's no reason why we can't have an up-to-date list with, yeah. you know, photos images of each of the local glows so you say this is the person and make sure that the the staff and volunteers that are running the reception area are very familiar with our local glows and and how we can actually work in a positive way we try and promote the glows and what we do and what our program is about some people actually still don't know we exist so If you don't step foot inside a police station, and we, we have our details and our names very prominent at the front reception counter, so people know who we are. And but if if you're not familiar, or it's you're not comfortable with that space or even entering the police station, you might never know. So I think it's about actually that awareness as well that that we're around. This has certainly evolved into the question I always ask next. You know, we want to always talk about some of the challenges, and this this is very mm. this is definitely a challenge that will need to be sorted through. Certainly from my point of view is to have a permanent police presence or access to a permanent police presence in the facility would be gold because if you have a – my focus is LGBTI youth, uh, mm. not having the confidence to go to a police station, being quite intimidated by going to a police station. I know they have the savviness to be online and contact people who are online, but it, it's just another, if not more immediate alternative is to be able to go to the Victorian Pride Centre and say, I need to speak to a police officer, and, and they'll know that it's a GLOW officer, and I mm. think that's very, very powerful in itself. Mm-mm. I mean, Kelly, you certainly raised issues, you know, about presence and security and so on and so forth. Nevertheless, um, I'm certain Stacey would be taking a lot of this on board, and these are the issues that I think will need to be sorted. Personally, I'd like to see uh, someone there in uniform, you know, mm. whether it just be in a tiny little area out of the way, but they're there, yeah. and, and, and people will know that they're there. That's something I certainly find important. It's a good point, but as we've discussed, it's, mm. I just don't think um, it's the most viable option at this point, no. simply because of all the reasons we've we've stated. 
if we're focusing on young people, which a lot of our work is because we know a lot of LGBTI, gender diverse young people, there is a huge barrier between them and police. Uh, the fact that if they think we may be there, they just won't come. And that's just the, the, mm. the fact of the matter, which is very sad. We're yeah. doing a lot of work trying to engage, but there is that massive barrier. So it would have to be more so on their their part that they meet us at events when they want to meet us um, and they get to know us and trust us and, and, and have that access to us, but not necessarily have us there all the time. But I've also noticed that um, Fitzroy Street, leading up to the opening of the Victoria Pride Centre, having a really big revamp. They're do- redoing um, certain buildings like the Gatwick Hotel. So I think they're trying to clean it up, make it more accessible and inviting for people to come along. What are some of the other challenges that you're seeing at the moment with the Pride Centre and that you're having to face now? Um, so I think, again, it goes back to the kind of the, the very broad diversity of the community and being able to try and create this space that feels warm and welcoming and safe and inclusive for that diverse group of people um that will always be a challenge but you know we're working very hard over the course of the past year we've set up a lot of consultations facilitated group consultations online surveys and we will continue to do that so a big part of what we need to do over the next 12 months is to continue to have all of these kinds of conversations um, and get people's feedback um on what will make the center work for and everyone basically um we do have at the moment or just a quick plug of something we're working on at the moment we have um a survey that's just gone live on our website so the virtual pride center will also complement the the physical space itself one as a way to access other resources and support and information but it's so that people outside of uh, metropolitan melbourne outside of um, st kilda so regional communities can still access um, support and information and we have a resource directory that we're developing at the moment so if you have very specific ideas on the kinds of information and resources and how you would access that information and resources online I would tell you to check out our website and fill out the survey and it'll it'll help make the virtual pride center work for and now all of us pricked a few ears up so what's that website again so, uh, so it's pridecenter.org.au and that will take you through to those various links but it's the have your say section of the website tremendous and from a policing perspective, we're always looking for ways to engage our community. So currently we've got an operation called Saintly, and that's about, you know, getting our members out in, in amongst the public and, and getting that presence. They're out on foot patrol, so you see them out there for the next at least month or so. And that's also giving some uh, a sense of community for our traders. So we're in talking to our traders along around Fitzroy Street, Ackland Street, and just gives that sense of presence of police and being able to build that trust, actually. So we're out walking and talking. It's not about, you know, looking for crime aspects, but more about being out in the community, actually walking and talking with people. We love doing our community engagement. Absolutely. It's all part of it. We have to. Um, you've been listening to Stacey from the Victorian Pride Centre and Constable Kelly McPhee from St Kilda... Uniform. Uniform patrol running around. All of the above. <laughs> and glow. Famous glow. The famous glow. We've been uh, talking everything St Kilda and Victorian Pride Centre. Uh, girls, thank you so much for coming in. This was sensational. I've learned a lot about the, the Victorian Pride Centre. I really can't wait till it's commissioned and and the ribbon cutting it's a fantastic initiative you need to be really proud of uh, the work you're doing there and kelly thank you and you need to be proud of the work you do for my community we would thank and love you both for all the good work you do thank you thank you and i'll we'll see you next week yes we'll see you next week you've been listening to the glow show on joy 94.9
That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tyak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.